This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. I'm glad you're listening in tonight because I've got a real gem from the golden age of radio for you. I'll take you back to 1949 when Suspense Theater was thrilling audiences with their spine-chilling scripts, wonderful sound effects, and great delivery by accomplished actors. One of the premier drama programs of the golden age of radio was subtitled Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills and focused on suspense-type thriller scripts. Approximately 945 episodes were broadcast during its long run, and more than 900 still exist. Suspense went through several major phases, characterized by different hosts, sponsors, and director-producers. Formula plot devices were followed for all but a handful of episodes. The protagonist was usually a normal person suddenly dropped into a threatening or bizarre situation. Solutions were withheld until the last possible second, and evildoers usually punished in the end. Tonight, a man discovers his wife is cheating on him, and he has plans to deal with her most harshly. But as Robbie Burns once said, the greatest plans of mice and men, half times gang aglay. The episode is entitled, Three O'Clock. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you Van Heflin in Cornell Woolrich's famous Three O'Clock, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. And now, Autolite presents Van Heflin in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Francie signed her own death warrant. She signed her own death warrant, didn't she? You're a good husband to her, and yet she's too timing you with another man, isn't she? And you made up your mind weeks ago to kill her, didn't you? Well, now, at the last second, what are you waiting for? You've got everything down here you need to do the job. That box near the wall filled with explosives, two copper wires already capped. This alarm clock, what's holding you back? Memories of your honeymoon? She's two-timing you with another man. Weigh that in your hand. All right, then, get to work. First, set the alarm. If she gets back from shopping around 2.30, you better set it for 3 o'clock. Good. Now then, wind it up. and put the cap into the wires into the little holes you drilled in the box. Oh, no, 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 wait. That explosive's kind of tricky, temperamental. Don't touch that box any more than you have to. First, attach the wire to the alarm clock. I wonder why more people haven't thought of this. Probably wouldn't know how to go about it if they did. 
cap end of the wires into the box. Careful now, careful. There it is. Check it over now. You don't want any slip-ups. At three o'clock, the alarm goes off. It sets up a spark. The spark runs along the wires to the detonators in the box. And that's all there is to it. Well, then, just don't just stand here. Get back downtown to the shop. Uh, uh, what, what are you doing in my house? Hey, Duke, somebody is home. Hold him a couple of seconds. Shouldn't have been standing there. Must have been down the cellar all the time we was here. And you'd set your case this place for three days. Get me something to tie him up and let's No, go. no, no, no. Don't tie me up. Don't tie me. Slide him again. Okay. That's the cellar down there? Yeah. See if there's any rope around. Quill a rope on his shelf down there. I'll get it. No, no. We'll carry him down and tie him up there. No, don't tie me up. This house is... Shut up, you. See if he has a handkerchief. Roll it up in a ball. Listen to me. This house is... Shove it in his mouth. Shove it in. Take off his belt and buckle it between his teeth, too. Fat. Okay. What's he putting up such a fight about? This place is a lemon. Nothing in it. Take his legs. Okay. I did my last stretch just on account of leaving a guy in the open where he could put a squad car in my tail too quick. Okay, that's me. Now, give me that rope. I'll hold him. Hey, what's he putting up such a fight about? Look, mister, we ain't going to hurt you. Just leave you here in the cellar. He still ain't convinced. I can't figure him. Okay, that does it. All right, I'll tie him to this pipe. Otherwise, somebody's liable to come home right after we leave and hear him thrashing around. These houses are like matchboxes. I wonder what he's trying to say. Don't leave me tied up down here. I will call the cops, I swear. This place is going to blow up, don't you understand? Explode. This, this house is going to explode. Who oh, cares what he's trying to say? Let's go. You'll pull another job tonight. This time, I'll do the picking. Well, it looked like a good setup, standing way off like it is. Hey, mister, will you relax? You'll never get out of them nuts. Hey, what's he so bug-eyed about? What is it, mister? This alarm clock over here? Uh, what do you care what time it is? You ain't going anyplace. Hey, should we take the clock, Duke? Nah, couldn't raise a buffalo nickel on it. What did it do? Let's go. We got work to do. Right. Come back. All right. Don't, don't leave me here. This house explodes at three o'clock. Listen to me. It blows up in an hour and a quarter. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come. Officer, expect the background. They're gone. They're gone. The only people in the world who know where I am. In radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Van Heflin as Paul in Three O'Clock, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. I can't get out. 
And nobody knows I'm here. 56, 57, 58, 59. Twelve minutes to two. It goes so fast. That second hand goes so fast. Five, six, seven. Less than 72 minutes. Help me. Somebody help me. Help me. Help me. Eleven minutes to two only. Only 71 minutes. Not even that now. Three, four, five, six. Francie, Francie, come home and get me out of this. I love you. I, I can't help being jealous, can I? I'm sorry I tried to kill you. It's because I love you so much. I'm jealous. But you deserve it. You deserve to die for what you've done to me. Can't you imagine how I felt that day last, last month when I came home? That's that you, Paul? Paul, you, you're home so early. Are, are you sick? Another hmm? one of your headaches? Oh, I feel fine, honest. Well, why, why are you home so early? Well, I don't know. I just got lonely for you, and I said to myself... Well, you're the boss, old boy. It's your watch repair shop. Now, if you want to close ahead of time, who's to say no? <laughs> Come on, hold still a second. Your your, your lipstick is huh? smeary. It, it is? Well, I was lying down. I guess well, I... It's all right. Now, come on, pucker up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you smeared again. Well, I'll fix it. As, as long as you're home early, why don't you rest a while? The morning paper's still in the den. Oh, I guess I will at that. I had a heavy lunch of pot roast and potatoes and apple pie and... What'd you do today, honey? Oh, all the usual. Clean the house, what marked in. Wish we could afford a car. I mean, isolated the way we are, walking eight I sat down on the couch, and there it was in the ashtray on the end table. A cigar butt, still moist on one end, still warm on the other. Any, uh, visitors today? What'd you say? I said any visitors today. No. None. Not even a peddler. You're a liar, Francie. You lied to me that time. Five. Forty-two. Forty-three. Forty-four. Forty-five. No clock has ever gone this fast. Of all the thousands I've looked at and set right in my shop, not one has ever gone so fast. It's quarter hours go around like minutes, and it's minutes like seconds. Three minutes to two. That's, that's cheating me. It's not keeping the right time. That, that second hand's whirling like a pinwheel. Make it stop somebody. When the clock says three, the, the house explodes. Make it... Oh, somebody's at the door. Come in, please. Please, please come in and find me and let me out of here. Please, please, please. Gas company. Gas company. The one call in all the day's routine from the earliest morning till latest night that can possibly bring anyone down here to the cellar. Anybody home in there? Yes, company. Anybody home? I am. I am. I'm down here. Don't don't wait for somebody to answer the door. It's not locked. Come in. Come in. Please, please. He's gone. He's gone. No. No, 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 he's coming around to the back. Why don't we, what? I said, why don't we go in and read the meter anyway, even if nobody's home? Yes, yes. Company policy. We never go in to read the meter unless somebody's home. I'm sure they're never home when you want them to be. 
But I am home. I, I am. I'm right down here. I, I, I can see your legs through the window. All you have to do is to bend down and look in and, you, and you'll see me. No, 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 no. Don't go away. Stay. I'll kill you if you go. So help me. I'll kill you. No, no, no. No, no, I didn't mean that. Please stay. Please stay. Look at the time. One minute past two. Fifty-nine minutes left. Not even an hour now. Fifty-nine minutes less eight, nine, ten, eleven. How long the fifty-nine minutes seems when you're waiting for someone. Like the night that I, I waited for Francie to come home from a movie. And, and she was late. The night Francie was late coming home from a movie. Yes, in a pig's eye she was at a movie. She was with her boyfriend. Well, sure, I was worried. What did you think? You said you'd be home before 11, and here it is almost midnight. I was about to call the hospitals and the police. Oh, Paula, I'm sorry. Really, I am. All those those short subjects, and then the bus was late. I, I'm sorry you were right. Oh, forget about it. How was the movie? It was all right. Nice western. Oh, a western? I thought you were going to see Three Musketeers. I, well, I was, but I... I changed my mind. I saw Red River instead. Well, I didn't know that was playing in the neighborhood. Well, I, I went downtown. I thought as long as I'm out of the house, I, I might as well do a little shopping. Well, the stores were open tonight? No, I... Did I say shopping? I meant window shopping. Oh. <laughs> what was the movie about? You know, Western. A lot of shooting and riding. Uh-huh. How was uh, Gary Cooper's performance? Oh, Good. I've always liked him. No, I didn't mean Cooper. Cooper's not in. I, I meant uh, John Wayne. Oh, was that John Wayne? <laughs> you know, they all look alike to me. <laughs> those, those big hats. That was the night that she signed her own death warrant. Little things put the official seal on it, like the cigar butt in the living room, like the gasoline drippings on the street in front of our house, and we don't even own our car. And it wasn't a delivery truck either, because the drippings uh, showed that it stood there a long time, an hour or more. Uh, and, and like the time last week when... The time. Twelve minutes after two? No. Oh, no, that can't be. It was just two o'clock. It, it can't be that late already. Twelve minutes past two. Only 48 minutes and... Uh, less than 48 minutes. It's 47.56... Fifty-five, fifty-four. Look at that second hand. Francie, 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 Francie. Francie. She's in the kitchen. She's she's putting down her parcels. How can I make her hear me? There must be some way. And now, now she's at the hall closet. He must be hanging up her coat. Oh, Francie, thank you so much for coming home early. I love you so, and I, I need you. How could I ever have thought of hurting you? I must have been crazy, but I'm not now. Back to the kitchen. Why doesn't she come down here to look for something? She might stay up there all afternoon, lie down. She might wash her hair. She she might stay up there till it's time to get supper ready. What she does is no supper, no fancy, no me. Fancy, fancy. Come down here. I know that you can't hear me, but come down here, please. Come down here. Hello? Yes, sir. I just got in this minute. 
She knows we've been robbed. I should get the police now, and they'll search the whole place, and they'll look down here. Well, I'll look at him, but I know it's gone. Whoa, we'll have a fit. No, 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 I won't. I won't, honest. No, I, I haven't reported it yet. We have to be so careful. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, I called Paul at the shop while I was out, and there was no answer. I hope nothing's wrong. Can't you guess there's something wrong if I'm not in the shop? Maybe you'd better come out. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Sure, come on. If I go, both of you go with me. What time is it? Oh, no, no, it can't be 19 past two. Only 41 minutes left. 33, 34, 35, 36, tick-tock. Oh, there I go, there I go. Stop it. Stop it. Think. Think fast. Think like you did last week when you came home and she threw her arms around you and hugged you and where that little liar. Hi, Paulie. Hello. No kiss? Yeah, sure. Why not? Mm. Oh, what's the matter? Hard day? So hard you can't even force a smile? I'll make you smile. I'll make you laugh. <laughs> kiss you. Kiss you. <laughs> Come on, smile. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> Stop tickling. <laughs> Cut it out. What's uh, it, this in your pocket? Fancy, don't. A present for me? Oh, yeah, I said don't. Give me that. All right. You don't have to grab. What is it? Well, it's, uh, it's fertilizer. That's what it is. Fertilizer? Yeah, a uh, sample package. I, I figured maybe we'd start a little garden in the back of you flowers, man. Oh, well, that's a nice idea. That's just what I'll do. Yeah, well, I'll keep it down in the cellar. The fellow gave it to me, said that it should be kept in a cool, dry place. I'll buy the seed just as soon as you make up your mind what you want. Fertilizer. She never even suspected that it was an explosive. I brought other things home last week, too. Every day, something else. Some more sample packages of fertilizer which I carefully packed into a soapbox that I had in the cellar. And copper wire and dry cell batteries. And this clock. And she never suspected the thing. She was so flustered trying to cover up the fact that she had a caller that I could have brought in a grandfather's clock under my arm and she probably wouldn't even have noticed it. Oh, but, uh, Francie, that, that doesn't matter now. If you if you just come on downstairs. He's here. Her boyfriend's here. Hello, Dave. Well, did it turn up yet? No, I haven't heard anything from Paul either. The police will think I did it, I suppose. Oh, well, don't say anything like that. Come on into the kitchen. Coffee's ready. What are they going to do? Just, just sit there? Don't they, don't they know that it's 28 minutes to 3? Only minutes left now. Minutes not even a full half hour anymore. Don't you think we ought to tell Paul about... about us? I don't know. How will he take it? Paul isn't narrow-minded. We can't keep on like this. It's better to go to him ourselves and tell him about you than wait till he finds out. He's allowed to think something else in private. What's he talking about? I know he didn't believe me that night when I helped you find the furniture room and told him I'd been to a movie. I'm... I'm so nervous and upset all the time. I feel as guilty as if, as if I was one of those disloyal wives or something. Oh, didn't you ever tell him about me at all? I, I told him you'd been in one or two little scrapes, but I let him think I'd lost track of you and I didn't know where you were anymore. Oh, 
Well, that was her brother she, she said that about. I'm coming things up for you, all right. An escaped convict for a brother. Oh, Francie. Francie, I didn't know. Why, why didn't you tell me it was your brother? Why didn't you tell me? Let's, let's go downtown and talk it over. No, 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 stay here. Don't, don't go downtown. Stay here. You shouldn't be seen with me. You would get into trouble yourself. Telephone Paul to come here instead. Yes, 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 stay here with me. Please, stay. I'm not afraid. What can I do? What can I do? This pipe, this pipe leaks upstairs. Hit it with something. With what, though? What? My head. What was that? What? I didn't hear anything. I thought I heard a noise in the cellar. Oh, yes, you did. You did. It's me. It's, it's me. Want me to take a look? Yes, 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 yes. No, yes. I, I guess I was wrong. Let's go, Dave. Francie! Francie! Come down here and look. Oh, it's 22 minutes late. Bobby, don't move. Did you hear what I said, Bobby? Bobby, just turn your head this way and you'll see me. A little more, Bobby, that's it. He's looking right at me, but he doesn't see me. Don't you see me? Turning my head from side to side, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He sees me. Bobby, what are you doing? Mommy, look. Does he understand what he sees? Oh, if, if he were only just a few years older, a child of seven or eight could understand that. Bobby, are you coming? Stay where you are, Bobby. Make her come to you. while she was gone. When no one answers, will that tell her that something's wrong? Why should she think I'm stretched out down here in the cellar if I don't answer the phone? 
Bye-bye, Francie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Seven minutes to three. In seven minutes, the alarm goes off. Seven minutes to three. The alarm rings for me. (laughs) That's a poem, Francie. It's a funny poem. Seven. Please let time stand still. Seven. Not six. What a precious number. Six. Round. So comfortable. Let it be six forever. Not five or four, but six for all eternity. Let time stand still. It's six. dear. Good morning. Wake up, sleepyhead. Wake up. Do you know what time it is? No. What time is it? Take your head out from under the pillow and see for yourself. All right. It's exactly one minute to three. (laughs) One minute to three. I was dreaming. One minute to three. Not even a minute... Barely 50 seconds, 50 seconds to go, 50 seconds to live. Help me, Mama. Help me. Francie, Paulie needs help. He dies in 40 seconds. 39, 38, 37. He's not a bad little boy. He always means well, so help him. Help, little Paul. Mama, Mama, where are you? Quick, I haven't got much time. I have 20 seconds. 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 15, You say when you came in, he was all tied up, and this alarm clock here was ringing. Yes. I say. Nancy? Yeah, Doc. Did. Paul. I'm sorry. Now, look, just one more thing in this box. There was some wires going to it from the clock, and I pulled them out. Do you know what was in it? This box? Yeah. Nothing. It used to have some fertilizer in it, but I took it out this morning and used it. I've been trying to raise flowers in the back of the house. Oh, Paul loves flowers. Oh, 
thank you, Van Heflin, for a splendid performance. And now, here again is Van Heflin. First, I'd like to say that it's always great fun and a lot of work to appear on suspense. And second... Come on out here, Tony. That's right, come on out. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Mirror Magazine has asked me to call Tim, Tony Leader, the producer-director of Suspense, down out of his glass cage up there for a very special reason. What's it all about, man? Tony, I'd like you to meet Miss Ann Daggett, Western editor of Radio Mirror Magazine. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Leader? As a suspense fan of long standing, I am very happy to have the privilege of presenting to you this scroll. It is in recognition of the fact that Suspense has been chosen Radio's Outstanding Mystery Show by Radio Mirror Magazine, which will be on the newsstands tomorrow. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And on, on behalf of our writers and actors and musicians, Lud Bleskin in particular, and technicians without whom Suspense couldn't even begin to suspend you, I want to say thank you very much. Well, my congratulations to Tony and... I'll be tuned in next week to hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass. Another gripping study in... Suspense. Van Heflin appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Little Women, starring June Allison, Peter Lawford, Margaret O'Brien, and Elizabeth Taylor. Tonight's suspense play was written by Cornell Woolrich and adapted by Walter Newman. Music was composed by Lucian Morawack and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Remember, next Thursday, hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass. I hope you enjoyed that, and I invite you to stay tuned for Jack Benny and the Gang up next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. The Jack Benny Program was a radio TV comedy series that ran for more than three decades and is generally regarded as a high-water mark in 20th century American comedy. Tonight, you're in for a treat. A great character actor, Sheldon Leonard, helps set up Benny in producing the longest laugh in the show's history. In tonight's show, Leonard was a hold-up man who approached Benny demanding your money or your life. Well, the resulting silence from Benny was worth a thousand words. You'll hear that line and lots more in tonight's episode from 1948, Jack Wants to Borrow Bing's Cigar. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. gentlemen, as most of you know, last week Jack Benny visited the Ronald Coleman's and he persuaded Ronnie to lend him his Academy Award Oscar. As Jack left the Coleman house, the following incident happened. Gee, it was awfully nice of Ronnie to let me take his Oscar home so I could show it to Rochester. Hmm, sure is dark tonight. No moon. Oh, well. Hey, bud. Bud. Huh? You got a match? Yes. Yes, I have one right here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up. Mister, put down that gun. Shut up. I said this is a stick-up. Now, come on. Your money or your life. (laughs) 
Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. <laughs> Now, look, mister. Come on, give me your wallet or I'll let you have it. All right, mister. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Here's my wallet. Good. And I'll take that package you're carrying, too. This, this package, but it isn't mine. It belongs to Ronald Coleman. He wanted it. Pipe down and give it to me or I'll drill you. All right. All right. Don't drill me. Here it is. Now, lay down on the sidewalk and count to 100. Yes. Yes, sir. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happened Sunday night. As we look in on Jack now, it's the following morning. Mary, I've thought of a million different things. I don't know what to do. Oh, Jack, stop pacing the floor and sit down. You're making a nervous wreck of yourself. He was like that all night, Miss Livingston. Never slept away. So what am I going to do? How can I ever explain this to Ronnie? Jack, you've got to control yourself or you'll have a breakdown. Now, why don't you have some breakfast? No, Mary, I couldn't eat a thing. I don't care if I never eat again. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been this upset since Theda Baron got married. <laughs> I'm at my wit's end. I can't tell Ronnie his Oscar was stolen and never speak to me again. I can't tell the police about the holdup because then it'll get in the papers. I don't know. What in the world can I do? Why don't you kill yourself? Say, that's not a... Oh, stop! <laughs> I'm not in the mood for jokes. There must be some way I can get that Oscar back. Well, why don't you put an ad in the Beverly Hills paper and offer a reward? No, Mary, a reward would just be a waste of time. Who'd return it for what I'd offer? <laughs> Get you out of this mess. Why don't you make the reward substantial? Give her $1,000. <laughs> well, we're back to killing yourself. Yeah, there must be some other way out. It seems impossible that I should be held up right in front of my own house. You know, you still haven't told me what happened. I don't know any of the details yet. You, you don't? Well, Mary, this is exactly what happened. As I was leaving Ronnie's house, he loaned me his Oscar so I could show it to Rochester. I was walking home carrying the Oscar under my arm when a sinister-looking man stepped out. Hey, Bud. Bud. Huh? You got a match? Yes, I have one right here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up. A stick-up? Put down that gun or I'll thrash you to within an inch of your life. Put it down, I say. No, no. No, no, just a second, mister. Don't you come any closer. So you think you can scare me with a gun? Well, I'll break your arm. Look, mister, I didn't want to do this, but I had to. I had to get money for my wife and children. Well, you didn't have to pull a gun on me if you wanted money. All you had to do was ask. <laughs> I'm going to take that gun away from you, and you'll see I'm, that... I'm warning you, don't you come any closer. All right, you ask for it. Take that. Oh, yeah? Well, you take that. And that. Uh, Jack, what were you doing to the crook when you said, take that and that? He was handing him his wallet and the Oscar. <laughs> I was not. Mary, while I was beating him up, I dropped the Oscar. He picked it up and ran off down the street. Honestly, I was never so... Oh, who can that be? I don't want to see anyone today. Oh, calm down, Jack. I'll go to the door. Gee, I feel so sorry for poor Jack. He's trying so hard to be brave. But I know he's been crying. Mascara's running. <laughs> I hope and get out of this mess. Oh, hello, Don. Hello, Mary. Where's Jack? I've got something very important to tell him. Well, Don, this isn't a good time to talk to him. He's very upset. 
Suppose you tell me what it is. Well, it's about the quartet. They won't be able to appear on the program Sunday. Why not? Well, now, Mary, you may not believe this, but all the members of the quartet became fathers this morning. Don, Don, you mean that each one of the four singers had a baby? All except the baritone. He had twins. No. Yes, but, sweetheart, they had five of the cutest babies you ever saw. And, Mary, you'll never guess what they've named them. What? L.S., M.F., and Barbara. Barbara? <laughs> it was a girl. Well, that's logical. Look, Don, I'll go in and tell Jack all about it. Okay, Mary, thanks a lot. Goodbye. Bye. Imagine all the singers in the quartet having babies the same day. That's what you call close harmony. <laughs> oh, brother, bag my eyes and call me Fred Allen. <laughs> what took you so long, Mary? Who was it? Oh, it was Don. He said the quartet won't be on the broadcast Sunday. Oh, fine. Everything happens to me. Well, they couldn't help it, Jack. Their wives all had babies the same day. And you'll never guess what the baritone's wife had. Unless it's an Oscar, I'm not interested. <laughs> she had twins. But, Jack, what are you going to do about a quartet for the broadcast? I don't know. It's a fine time for them to have children. Why couldn't they have transcribed them for release at a more convenient time? <laughs> anyway, I got enough to worry about without the quartet. Say, boss, I've got a great idea. What? Some friends of mine are making a personal appearance here in town, and maybe they'd come over and help you out. Who are they, Rochester? The Ink Spots. The Ink Spots? Oh, they would be wonderful. Do you think they do it, Rochester? Sure, I'll call them and have them here in a few minutes. Good, use the phone in the hall. Will yes, sir. I better call them right away so they can... Mm, better answer the door first. Hello, Chester. Is the master of the metropolis at home? Yeah. <laughs> Come on in, Mr. Harris. You'll find him in the library. But he's feeling mighty low. Well, that's a good thing I came over. I'll cheer him up. I'll go in there and throw some of that Harris sunshine on him and bring back the bloom to those withered old cheeks. <laughs> See you later, Rochester. Oh, hiya, Libby. You dreamed out. Hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, hello. Hey, Jackson, did you hear the one about the two sparrows who were arguing on the pump and one of them kept flying off the handle? Ha, 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 ha. Hmm, looks like the smog is moving in on that Harris sunshine. Look, Phil, I'm in no mood for jokes. Well, that's right, Phil. But Jack's feeling pretty bad. On the way home last night, he was held up. Well, that's not to be ashamed of. I've been held up many times on my way home. <laughs> Bill, I was robbed. <laughs> now, what did you come over here for? Yeah, look, Jackson, I'm figuring on buying a small ranch, and I got most of the dough, but I need a little more to swing the deal, and I was kind of wondering if you'd lend me uh, $10,000. Mary, tell him I'm not at home, will you? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Jackson. I don't like asking you, but I went to the bank and they turned me down. Now, if you turn me down too, well, well, I'll, well, I'll just have to go to Alice. <laughs> well, Phil, I, I'd like to help. Now, you. wait a minute, Jackson. I ain't asking you to give me nothing. We'll make it a regular business deal, like when you loan me money before. I'll sign papers for the loan, pay you interest and everything. Well, are you are you willing to put up security? Yeah, but. Not like last time. We missed the kids. <laughs> All right, Phil. I'll have my business manager draw up the papers. Excuse me for interrupting, boss, but Mr. Ronald Coleman called. Oh, no. Oh, yes. 
He said he's having guests for dinner and wants you to return his Oscar immediately. Phil, you better go get the money from Alice. <laughs> now, Ronnie wants his Oscar back. This is the last straw. Mary, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, not now, Jack. A gun is so noisy, and I've got a splitting headache. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm going to check a list of all the people who ever won Oscars and maybe borrow one of them so I can give it to Ronnie till I get his back. Hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's see now. Last year, the Oscars were won by Frederick March and Livy de Havilland. Well, that won't help. Freddie's out of town, and Olivia hasn't talked to me since I put too much starch in her doilies. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is there? Well, Ray Milan won an Oscar. Ah, what a picture. <laughs> yeah. And so did Joan Crawford and Loretta Young and Bing Crosby and, uh... Hey, that's it, Mary. He's the one, Bing Crosby. I did him a big favor. I was on a show a couple of weeks ago, and it isn't easy to be on his show. The needle scratches. <laughs> going over to see Bing right away and ask him to lend me his Oscar. Okay, Jack, I'll drive you there. I have my car right outside. Good, good. Now, who can that be? I'll get it, boss. Well, hello, gentlemen. Come right in. Hey, boss, boss. Yeah? It's the ink spot. The ink spot. Well, hello, fellas. Hello, hello Mr. Benning. Mighty glad to meet you. <laughs> now, thank you. Now, gentlemen, as I told you over the phone, Mr. Benning's quartet can't be on the program next week, and he'd like to have you do a number for him on Sunday's show. We'd be very happy to. Yes, very happy. Good, good. Well, fellas, I was just leaving, so could I hear the number right now? Do you happen to know if I didn't care... Do you know Lovin' Blue? Oh, 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 yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, well, go ahead, boys. Uh, let's have it. If I didn't care, would it be the same? Would my every prayer begin and end with just your name? And would I be sure that this is long beyond compare? Would all this be true if I didn't care for you? If I didn't care, if I didn't care what I smoked, baby, I'd smoke any kind of a cigarette. But I do care, honey child. That's why I smoke Lucky Strikes. I smoke Lucky Strikes because according to that Crosley pole, they're first choice, baby. You want to know something else, honey, child? They're so round, so firm, so full impact, so free and easy on the draw. That's right, baby. L-F-M-F-T 
what I see the rain. L F M F T, the very best that you can get. Oh, the one thing I'm sure that they are fine beyond compare. Then this must be true. Lucky's are the smooth for you. Quality of product is essential to success. Fellas, fellas, that was absolutely wonderful. I can't wait till you do it on the show. Thank you, Mr. Benny. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, Rochester, uh, Rochester, come here a minute. Yes. Uh, how, uh, how much are they going to charge me to be on my show? <laughs> Why, boss, they said it's a favor to me. They go on your show for nothing. For nothing? Why, I wouldn't think of it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Go in the kitchen and fix them some sandwiches. <laughs> you, boss. When it comes to guest stars, bread is no object. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Mary, drive me over to Crosby's. Mary, there's Bing Crosby's house over there on the left. Just pull into the driveway here. I can't, Jack. There's a sign that says, keep driveway clear, trucks loading. Hmm. Must be sending his money to the bank. <laughs> well, toot the horn. We'll see if he's home. Oh, there's Bing in the upstairs window. Hey, who's that honking in C-sharp? Remember, you just can't come right out and ask him to lend you his Oscar. Be a little subtle about it. I know, I know. Watch these steps, Mary. Hello, Mary. Come right in. Oh, Jack's with you. <laughs> and I ran all the way. <laughs> what? Come in. Come on. Come on in. <laughs> Hope you folks will forgive the way I'm dressed. I wasn't expecting anybody. I just sort of dressed up. <laughs> That shirt you've got on looks like Finian's rainbow. Especially with that pot on the end of it. Well, well, well. It's rumored you're pretty funny on the air, too. <laughs> However, let's not discuss one's alleged talent in the entrance hall. First time you've been to this house, isn't it? You have any trouble finding it? No, no, no. I just followed my nose. Hope tried that once, wound up on Mount Wilson. <laughs> Shoot him down. Well, well, it's rumored you're pretty funny on the air, too. Yeah, you're pretty fast with the old ad lib there, kid. All you have to do is hear it once, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, yeah. You know, Bing, we were just driving by and thought we'd drop in for a social visit. Uh, Jack, get to the point, but be subtle. Leave it to me. Uh, Bing, uh, how about showing us the house? You know, take us into the den. Or do you keep your Oscar in another room? There? Oscar? Oh, I got that in the trophy room. Oh, good, good. However, if you insist on seeing the den, I'd love to show it to you. No, 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 Come Bing. Right, got... right through this door. Gee, what a beautiful den. Well, we've been here long enough. Now, let's go into the, uh, <laughs> let's go to the trophy room. Oh, Jack, look at that picture on the mantelpiece. Thing, are those your children? Yeah, those are the four boys. The two in the end are twins. Twins? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a coincidence. <laughs> you know, this morning, my baritone's wife had an Oscar. Jack! I mean... <laughs> It must be wonderful having four children. By the way, where's Dixie? Oh, she had to go to the hospital. What? To visit her cousin. <laughs> Bing, uh, hmm? are you sure it isn't the stork? Positive. I got him in my trophy room. <laughs> well, let's go see him. You know, I've never seen a stuffed Oscar. I mean, stork. <laughs> okay, just follow me here. Oh, would you excuse me a minute? Hmm. Hello. Well, hello. Fancy hearing from you. Sure, I want you on my show. I've been expecting you for a long time. How long will it take you to get here? Two days. Huh? Well, good. I'll meet you at the train. Bye. Who was that? Rudolf Schmohopper. <laughs> Gonna take him a couple days to get here. Now, where does he live? The do or did he? <laughs> More people come from there. I mean... Now, Bing, uh, how about going to the trophy room? Oh, yes, the trophy room. Right down this hall. Here, Mary, I'll lift you over. No, I'll just uh, walk around him. Hmm. Fine place for a horse to sleep. <laughs> I can't understand why. <laughs> Bing, I was stepping over him and he got up. Oh, don't worry, Jackson. He can't stand up long. <laughs> what? Yeah, I guess you're right. Poor old thing. Yeah, the veterinarian said he was going to die yesterday, but none of my horses finish on time. <laughs> well, here we are, kids. Here's the trophy room. Jack, look at all the heads mounted on the wall. Gosh, Bing, you sure must have done a lot of hunting. Yeah. What's that big head over there? Yours. You're looking in the mirror. <laughs> no, no, I mean the one with the brown eyes. You know, the, that big head over there. That's a moose. Well, what's a small one? A mouse. <laughs> no. Yes, sir. Shot the mouse in Wyoming and caught the moose under the icebox. <laughs> you ought to try hunting, Jackson. Very gay. expect that one to get anything. I did. <laughs> well, the whole joint, isn't it? <laughs> big, big game hunting. Very exciting, Jackson. You ought to try it. Especially the big game. Bing, the hmm. only big game that Jack's interested in is a buffalo, and it has to be on a nickel. <laughs> Mary. He traps him with one finger in a telephone slot. Well, it ain't easy, sister. Well, Bing, this is really a beautiful room. I never saw some... Wait a minute. Say, Bing, why have you got that picture of Frank Sinatra on the wall? Kids throw darts at it. <laughs> oh, I thought he had chicken pox there. 
Now, Bing, let's see the trophies. There they are, right over there in the cabinet. Oh, boy, look at all those cups. Uh, what'd you get them for, Bing? Well, I grabbed this uh, cup here for winning a golf tournament at Lakeside. I got this one for winning the Santa Anita Handicap. Santa Anita Handicap? Mm-hmm. Uh, what horse? No horse, ran myself, paid six hundred. <laughs> Polo finish. Just got up the last jump. Oh. Say, <laughs> Bing. What? What's that little tiny cup on the end? That's not a cup. That's a thimble. Four kids. Got to do a lot of sewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see this one here, Jack? I got this when I got married. When you got married? Yeah, it's a Dixie cup. <laughs> Why do I take jokes from Phil Harrison? <laughs> oh, brother. Well, look, Bing, the trophy that I'm most interested in is the Oscar you won for going my way. Yes, we'd love to see that one, Bing. Oh, the Oscar. Why did you say so? I'll get it for you. Lenny, you in there? Yeah, Pop. What do you want? You'd have to give me my Oscar. I can't now. I'm taking a bath. Oh, for heaven's sake. Why don't you use something else for a stopper? <laughs> Bing, you let your son use the Oscar for a stopper in the bathtub? Yeah, it's always wet, too, when I want to crack nuts with it. It's murder. (laughs) Well, I'm really anxious to see the Oscar, Bing, but we can wait till your boy gets through with his bath. He'll be through in a minute. Say, Bing, Hmm? while we're waiting, how about singing a song for us? Oh, Mary, Bing doesn't want to sing. I do, too. (laughs) What'd you like to hear, Mary? (laughs) Anything, Bing, Anything. Well, I'll try out a new tune on you called Haunted Heart. It's a clever number. I hope you'll like it. Watch your temple, Mr. Harris. No racy temple. Ballad, please. In the night, so we're apart. There's a ghost of you within my haunted heart. Ghost of you, my lost romance. Lips with laugh, eyes that dance. Haunted heart won't let me be. Repeat a sweet but lonely song to me. Dreams are dust, it's you who must belong to me. And thrill my heart and heart. Be still, my That song was beautiful. Thanks, Mary. It's pretty good for a chorus. Dennis Day gets a chorus and a half. I get a chorus. <laughs> but if you want, I'll sing a couple of more. Hey, Pop, why don't you give up? <laughs> the other three put you up to that, huh? Say, Bing, what? look. Your son brought out the Oscar and put it on the table. Yeah. Gee, doesn't that Oscar look wonderful? Now, Bing, I might as well get right to the point. I'm in an awful spot. I've just got to borrow your Oscar for a little while. 
Well, look, Bob, if you need an Oscar, instead of going around trying to borrow one, go make a picture. Win one. <laughs> hey, I never thought of that. <laughs> but, Bing, it's too late for that. I need it now. You can't make a picture in one day. They took longer on the horn blows at midnight. <laughs> yeah, I was sick a couple of days. It took almost a week to make it. <laughs> but, Bing, look, I just want it for a few days. I'll give it right back to you. Well, what's the deal, Jack? Why do you need an Oscar all of a sudden? Well... Jack, why don't you tell him the truth? Tell him what happened. All right, I will. You see, Bing, I was over at Ronald Coleman's house, and he let me borrow his Oscar to take to my house to show Rochester. I was walking home carrying the Oscar, when suddenly a sinister-looking man stepped out of the head. Hey, Bud. Bud. Huh? You got a match? Yeah, I got one right here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up. What? You heard him. This is a stick-up. Oh, two of you, huh? <laughs> well, do you think you're scaring me with those guns? I'll make you eat them and spit out the bullets. Hey, Pete, this guy's pretty tough. We better call the rest of the gang. Yeah. <whistles> All right, mate, come on. We need help. <laughs> oh, there are ten of you, eh? Well, it looks like I'll have to take off my coat. Now, look, mister, we don't want no trouble with you. We've got guns and hand grenades. So what? You can't scare me. I'll take on your whole outfit. And Bing, when the whole thing was over, I knocked out all their men but one. Thank you for listening tonight. Tomorrow night, it's The Great Gildersleeve, followed by yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.